Hi, this is Alexa Johnson, host of American Pulse, and this is Our Future is Missing. Please be on the lookout for Daniel Naylor, who is considered an endangered runaway. Daniel went missing October 5, 1982, from Fremont, California. He would now be 33 years old, and he was born on June 23, 1968. He is white, 5 feet 9 inches, 140 pounds. He has blue eyes, brown hair. And when Daniel was last seen, he had braces on his teeth. If you know of Daniel Naylor's whereabouts, please contact the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline at 1-800-THE-LOSS. That's 1-800-843-5678. To see a picture of Daniel Naylor, please click on the link on the Voice America homepage, Our Future is Missing, or go to ourfutureismissing.com. Hey, what's up, y'all? your boy Thank Jacob you. Lattimore with a question from my fans on Voice America Kids. Do you have what it takes to be America's next young superstar? If you're the ages between 8 and 12 years old, then step up to the microphone. You could win $25,000 in cash, a recording contract, and a scholarship. So make sure you get your parents' permission first, then go to www.stepuptothemicrophone.com to enter. Peace. Hi, this is Maddie Rose, host of The Fame Game, and this is Our Future is Missing. Please be on the lookout for Lauren Spirer. She is 20 years old and went missing from Bloomington, Indiana, June 3, 2011, at 4.30 a.m. She is Caucasian, 4'11", 95 pounds, with blue eyes and blonde hair. She was wearing a white tank top, a white button-down shirt, and full-length black spandex pants. If you know of Lauren's whereabouts, please contact the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline, 1-800-THE-LOST or 1-800-843-5678. To see a picture of Lauren, please click on the link on the Voice America homepage, Our Future is Missing, or go to ourfutureismissing.com. Thank you. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we will be talking with Maxwell Perry Cotton from Mr. Popper's Penguins, interviewing Shannon Gilligan, the publisher of the interactive children's books series Choose Your Own Adventure. We also have a very special guest, Donnie Thomas, lead singer in the Mama Donnie Band. We will be reviewing the films Hugo, Secondhand Lions, and Spy Kids all the time in the world. So to start off the show, we have a special guest interview with Maxwell Perry Cotton, who is one of the stars in Mr. Popper's Penguins. So how are you today, Maxwell? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm great. Thank you. So we're very happy that you took some time to be on the show. It's a great honor to be talking with you. This movie um, is an absolutely fantastic movie. I watched it again for like the fourth time um, a couple days ago because I've been watching it just over and over again because I think it's absolutely adorable. So what was it like? <laughs> you're welcome. So what was it like working with Jim Carrey? I mean, he's such a big name talent. What was that like for you? It was a really good experience. I mean, he was silly around set. I mean, and learning, I learned a bunch of new stuff from him. It was, it was a great experience. What do you think was the best thing that he taught you? 
he did a lot of improv and um I think that when he when he did that I think it showed like a lot of personality in his character and so if you have a character and you think you might want to add something in because you might think it's part of that character that's fantastic that you were able to see that and learn broader aspects of acting. I think that's wonderful. So like you said, it was such a great experience for you. Do you think you could have one favorite memory? It had to have been when we were filming in Central Park and we we're like playing soccer in the snow. Oh, that must have been so fun. I think that would have been a great experience, you know, whether you're filming or whether you're just hanging out with your friends. So yeah. speaking of your friends, what was the reaction of your friends and family after they saw this movie and after they saw you on the big screen? I mean, they were just screaming. They kept coming up to me and saying, good job. That was such an, a hilarious movie. It was cute, funny. And it was a, uh, it was really, they were really excited and they were really proud of me. Well, you definitely deserve all of that praise. You did a fantastic job. So thumbs up to you. Thank you. <laughs> so what was the most difficult scene to film in this movie? I think it, it actually was the soccer scene in the snow mm -hmm. because the temperature was way down. We were in Central Park. It had snowed the night before and it was negative eight degrees and we were in ice. It was crazy. That's fantastic. So, I mean, I guess it seems like it would be very challenging to film that and like it would be really cold, but I, it seems like it paid off, especially if that's your favorite scene that you filmed. So it's good and bad. Exactly. What was your favorite scene out of all of the film? I mean, whether it was your favorite to film, did you have one scene after you watched the overall production? Did you have one scene that sort of stood out to you? Yeah, it had to have been the hide-and-seek hide scene that I had with the penguins. I mean, they were right in my faces, and um, the penguin, like, the ones who ran the penguin program where we got the penguins, they said they might bite your nose. They didn't oh, gosh. Even bite my nose. I think that would be kind of scary if someone was like, okay, you're going to go have this scene with these animals and they might bite you, but, you know, go have fun. I think that might be a little bit intimidating for me. What do you think families and children will think about when they see this film? It's coming out on DVD December 6th, so it's right around the time for holiday presents. What do you think kids will think about this film? I think that they'll think about holidays as friends and family and that that's what matters most. Absolutely. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are talking with actor Maxwell Perry Cotton, Shannon Gilligan, Donnie Thomas from the Mama Donnie Band. We are reviewing Hugo, Secondhand Lions, and Spy Kids all the time in the world. So right now we have special guest with us, Maxwell from Mr. Popper's Penguins, and he's telling me all about what it was like filming. So you just said that there were some penguins and you sort of got a warning that they would bite your nose and you said they didn't. So that's pretty good. But what was it like for you working with the penguins that must have set a pretty big challenge getting them to focus and everything like that? They really focused with the fish. Wherever the fish were, that's where they were. So I think that's awesome that they were able to be trained so much. And that must have been pretty fan fascinating to see them cooperate with you and sort of being little animal actors on their own. Yeah. So did you relate to your character at all? Yeah. I mean, 
I used to play soccer. Billy loves playing soccer. So, I mean, I kind of related to him like that. And that was pretty much a big relation. I think that's awesome that you were able to find that connection. And that must have helped a lot with the acting and being able to make it as believable as you did. So like you were saying before, it was really fun and sort of easy to work with Jim Carrey because he was really nice. And what was it like working with the other cast and crew? Um, well, I mean, Madeline, who played my sister, she is, she is a very nice girl. She, she's, um, she actually goes to my school and she, you know, she gets good grades. She's smart. She's funny. She's a fantastic person to have a cast with. Oh, that's awesome. So since you go to school with her, was it like easier to relate to her and it wasn't so awkward being on set for the first day because you actually knew someone? Before we actually got on set, that's when I, that's when I figured out that, oh my gosh, that girl that goes to my school, Madeline Carroll, she's going to be playing my sister. So, and she actually knew that too. So we came up to each other, uh, shook hands, got to know each other. And right when we got on set, boom, we knew each other. That must've been so fun. And it seems like that would make it a lot easier to play her brother because you guys already know each other. So you're a pretty young actor yourself. How old are you, Maxwell? I'm 11. 11 years old. That's awesome. I'm 14. So we're pretty close in age. What advice do you think you would give to young actors that want to get into the show business? Set your mind on it and um, be yourself, you know, and yeah, set your mind on it. Set a goal for getting a role. Do good. Do the best you can. Keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. Maybe you'll get it, maybe you won't, but hey, if you get it, fantastic. Well, that's amazing advice. I think that's great. And even if you don't get a role right away, you never stop trying because if you really love what you do, it pays off in the end. Yeah. Jim Carrey is a world-class comedian. I mean, there's not a single movie that he's in that I'm not laughing. So was there any funny moments that you want to tell us about? You know, like the ice skating, that scene, that was pretty funny. Like... We had a few falls here and there during some takes. I mean, like, I'd fall, and then Jim Carrey, he would kind of come up, and he would kind of trip over me. (laughs) We would laugh, you know. We'd tripping over the ice, and it wasn't even ice. It was pretty much plastic that we were ice skating on. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think that's really cool. It sort of seems like your cast, you know, with your schoolmates and then Jim Carrey, it seems like you guys actually really became a family. And I think that must have been so much more comfortable and easy to work with them when you had that deeper bond and that deeper relationship. Yeah, it really was. So what do you think are the best morals and messages that this film delivers? Like I said before, it's it's really about family and how family's number one and never think that anything else is first like don't think sports is sport first don't think acting is first only family is first i think those are some great messages and that's something that is really brought up around the holidays you know getting to see your family and your friends even if they live out of state or out of country from you you all come together and it's just this big celebration of unity and i think that's fantastic that this movie was really able to relay that so when yeah. you saw this movie for the first time and you saw yourself up on the big screen what was going through your head i mean it must have been so surreal i was like man this is my first I mean, it was my first movie that was really 
up and in the theaters around the world. It was it was a big moment for me to see myself on the big screen. I was I was so psyched and I was it felt really weird kind of though. I mean, yeah, it must have been weird, yeah. like seeing yourself as big as a house on a screen. I think that would be really exciting and nerve wracking and everything like that, especially if you're seeing it for the first time, you know? Yeah. And they had to dye my hair. My hair isn't really brown. It's actually blonde. So I was like, who is that person on the big screen? <laughs> that must have been funny to sort of see yourself as that. But I definitely thought that you were, you know, a brunette. I mean, you look perfect with brown hair too so that's cool that when you get older maybe if you want to do that look you'd be able to do that as well well it looks like (laughs) you're welcome it looks like we're out of time Maxwell thank you so much for being on the call I had a lot of fun and I really appreciate you telling me all about your amazing experience being in Mr. Popper's Penguin let's take a break I'm Raven Tavani from Kids First Coming Attractions and you are listening Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. 
Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Giovanni, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Let's discuss the children's interactive books, Choose Your Own Adventure, with Shannon Gilligan, who is the publisher of these fantastic books. So how are you today, Shannon? I'm really well, Raven. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. So your husband, Ray Montgomery, is the author of these books, but I understand that you've written quite a few yourself, and then you're also the publisher of this. So I think that's quite awesome that it's it's a family business. Yep. Yep, it is. Um, it's interesting. Um, originally, uh, Ray published the series uh, back in 1979 with Bantam Books. And at that point uh, in time, Bantam didn't have a children's department, uh, a children's uh, book publishing division. And Choose Your Own Adventure um, was actually the very first thing that they published. Uh, and so oh, wow. the books have been around for um, quite a few years. And um, in older publishing contracts, rights would revert to the authors. And Ray got the rights back and the trademark back uh, back in um, the early 2000s. And taking a look around at the publishing landscape, we thought it was probably um, a little high risk, but probably better for the books if we ultimately uh, published ourselves. Because Ray had been a publisher before he became a full-time writer. So he did have some experience and that's what we did. Oh, that's awesome. So how did you get started in writing and publishing? Um, Me, myself, or how did Ray get started? How did you get started? Well, um, that's a good question, too. Um, I I actually um, was hired by Ray uh, to develop one of these books uh, for the Atari, the very first Atari console back in 1981. And um, I got so interested in the format, um, I asked if I could write a book in the series. Um, They were expanding the series just had taken off, and it was it was an interesting time because uh, the Apple II, um, which was the precursor to the Macintosh, um, <laughs> was um, probably the most interesting computer. But um, it was also the dawn of Microsoft and um, uh, the Microsoft DOS system, uh, which was an operating system that was the precursor to Windows. And um, the um, so there was a lot of um, energy sort of in the atmosphere um, having to do with interactivity and exploring, um, you know, give and take. Um, and we just happened to kind of put it in a book form. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's fantastic, you know, reading these books. It's so captivating and it it doesn't just let you, you know, sort of half-heartedly think about the book. I mean, I know books definitely grab your attention much better than any media but these books really make you think and they sort of make you problem solve and it's great decision making and you can read the same book hundreds of times and get completely different stories each time which i think is amazing because yeah. so many books you know you read a couple times and then you get done with it because you know the story but this it really depends on how, where you want the story to go so you have complete control over it which i think is yes. brilliant exactly. Exactly. Very fun. Um, Lots of choices and lots of endings. (laughs) Yes. So I know you and Ray are very close and I know you've written some of the books as well. So where do you guys get your inspiration? Um, You, we always start with um, something that you know, or something that you have imagined. So um, the, um, the books that I've written um, tend to be on places I've either lived or traveled extensively. And um, the, I really love mysteries. So I've written a lot of mysteries. Um, and, um, and, uh, you just, you know, you sort of follow your nose. Um, there's, there's definitely a technique to writing interactive fiction and, uh, it's written in the second person, which is the 
point of view of um, you are the star of the story. And um, there's not a lot of fiction written in that point of view. And then when you take that, um, that particular voice and you add the layer of choice making, um, it really requires a, a certain kind of plot. Um, and so, um, it, you know, they usually the stories are just what they, the name is perfect. It's utterly perfect because it really suits um, fast paced stories where um, there's lots of stuff happening and lots of clues and details in your, um, in your, in the context of the atmosphere, the setting you're in, and you have to pay attention to everything. And then you're asked to make choices to move forward. So there are certain topics that, that lend themselves, but basically we always start with something we either know or love. Absolutely. I was looking through a lot of the titles of the books and reading the books, and there's such a wide variety of themes and stories. It's not just all suspense and all mystery. So I think that's great that you and Ray sort of have different story writings, and I think that's great. Right. I mean, there's so, some that's set in history. There's some fantasy books. There's stuff that takes place in space, which is sci-fi. We It covers almost every genre except romance. We should probably do that <laughs> next. <laughs> yes. Well, I think it's fantastic because these books are actually for a fundraiser for Kids First. When you buy the books, money goes to Kids First, and all that money is used for the 2012 Critic Search Campaign. And that is fantastic. So you should yep. definitely check out these books. Yes. Yeah. And please. that's right. Ray will, Ray will inscribe it um, exactly how um, somebody would like um, to the person um, that. Uh, uh, they want to have, uh, um, you know, um, to give a special, uh, a special uh, personalized gift to. And um, so far, it's been doing really well. We just started on Friday, and it's um, we've had a great response. Yes, the autograph copies, all that money goes to Kids First. I think right. that's great. You get an awesome personalized gift, and I think that's awesome. So, Shannon, how can people find where to uh, purchase these books? The, you can find them on our web store that um, is just the series. It's, it's, you know, that's all we do at the company is just choose your own adventure. And the address is um, cyoa.com for chooseyourownadventure.com. And um, so that's cyoa.com. And um, the autograph feature is right at the top. Um, uh, you'll see it right on the homepage. And we have a great sale going on um, through the rest of the week, you know, sort of the um, uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday through the rest of the week. Um, so everything is 25% off. And then um, uh, and then there's this special autographing feature. So um, it's the first time we've been meaning to do this for several years. And um, this is the first time we've been able to pull it off ourselves. And we're very excited to do it. Well, thank you so much for supporting Kids First. We really appreciate it. And I think all of our audience and all of our listeners should definitely go to that website, check out the books, purchase them. It's for a good cause. And these books are fantastic. They're so fun to read. Thank Shannon, you. thank you so much for being on the show with me and telling me about these fantastic books. Thank you, Raven. Thanks for having us. Definitely. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are talking with Donnie Thomas from the Mama Donnie Band, and we are reviewing Hugo, Secondhand Lions, and Spy Kids all the time in the world. So right now we are going to be talking with Donnie Zasloff Thomas, who is the lead singer in the Mama Donnie Band. So how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your band? It's big mix of a ton of different types of music blended together for a super fun, energetic feel. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> so people call me Mama Donnie. 
I'm a mama and my name is Donnie and I have this band called the Mama Donnie Band and we tour all over the country performing for kids and families and we celebrate Jewish culture through funky music. So everything from disco to reggae to pop to rock and it's all about celebrating Jewish food, Jewish sensibility, just like sort of sharing a taste of a flavor of Jewish life with, you know, the world. We also, you know, have videos and we do a lot of other stuff too. Absolutely. I've seen some of your videos and, you know, some of the footage from your tours and it is just so energetic and so fun. I mean, I could just watch those videos for hours and hours (laughs) and hours and be completely entertained because it's such a different type of feel for music. And I think children absolutely love that energy and that fun. And it, the music really calls children to participate and get up and dance and celebrate the Jewish culture, which I think is fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things I love about doing my live shows and just interacting with kids all over the country is that, I mean, I really, if you go to a concert, you're up on stage with me. I really try to get all the generations together. So I get kids and I get moms and dads and I get the grandparents. And it's just really like a moment where everybody can sort of rock out together And it's intended for people of all backgrounds. So it's a moment to sort of, everybody can just celebrate together and learn something new or, you know, rock out to something that you're familiar with. I think that's so fun. So what got you started in music? Well, I've always loved music and um, I've always been in theater. I actually have a degree in educational theater from NYU. Um, I was in children's media for a little bit, and um, I actually was invited into my daughter's preschool class to be like a mom in the classroom, and I read a story to the kids, you know, and after I was done, the head of the school pulled me aside and asked me to become the music teacher at the school. I had sung a song to the kids, and um, I know, and I was like, okay, so I got trained as a music together teacher. And they, and I started to think about like what kind of music did I want to you know share with these kids in their class, and I just couldn't find the kind of music that I wanted to share on the topic of Jewish, uh, Jewish culture, Jewish stuff, and so I just thought, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to start writing some music, and so um, you know I then got this crazy creative burst of ideas, and it was like I'm in the carpool, and I'm a mom, so I'm like in the carpool line, and I'm running to the grocery store, and I'm thinking of like tons and tons of lyrics and melodies and songs, and I don't know, a couple months later, I basically had an entire CD produced. It was like a wild, it was like a creative explosion, and uh, I sent the CD on a whim to the International Jewish Music Festival, and I got selected. Long story short, I won an award in Amsterdam, Holland, for this crazy CD I wrote, I did, and uh, I've been touring the country ever since. Yeah, I remember um, hearing about that award. It's the Joy Award. I don't know how to say it in um, Hebrew. It's the Simcha I... Award. You have to yes. make that ch sound. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Hanukkah, that same sound. Definitely. So why don't you tell me about your inspiration behind the song Hanukkah Fever? I know in just a couple seconds, we're going to give our listeners the song and let them listen to that because it's such a fun, energetic song. So what was your inspiration behind that? Well, you know, there's a lot of celebrations during, you know, this is tis the season. And, you know, I love all different, you know, I love celebrating all different holidays with friends, whatever, you know, everybody's got their own way of celebrating in December. And I wanted to share the vibe and the sort of feeling that I get, you know, for during Hanukkah time. And it's really like, you know, it's a warm, fuzzy, 
yummy, awesome time. And uh, I, 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 guess, I guess I have to just describe it as getting Hanukkah fever. And so I just, uh, it was, you know, it had to be a disco tune. So hopefully, you know, people will get a little case of Hanukkah fever. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think this song is perfect you know, no matter what religion or what culture you come from. Well, let's take a break for so you guys can listen to the Mama Donnie band performing Hanukkah Fever. We'll be back soon. I got the fever, fever. the Hanukkah fever. Dreidel, it's dynamite. Disco dreidel, dynamite. Bring it to the party, spin it all night. Bring it to the party, spin it all night. Camel to the nun, to the shin, to the hay. Got a pocket full of gelt and I'm down to play. Cause I got the fever, fever, the Hanukkah fever. Potatoes, put them in a pile. In a pile. Peeling them fuzz like they're going out of style. Out of style. Throw them in a pan, get them nice and fried. Watch out, baby. I'm la ha ha defied. Can you dig it? We can dig it, Mama Donnie. Come on, everybody, clap with me. What's up, y'all? It's your boy Jacob Lattimore with a question from my fans on Voice America Kids. Do you have what it takes to be America's next young superstar? If you're the ages between 8 and 12 years old, then step up to the microphone. You could win $25,000 in cash, a recording contract, and a scholarship. So make sure you get your parents' permission first, then go to www.stepuptothemicrophone.com to enter. Peace. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. 
Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Let's discuss the new film, Hugo, which came out in theaters November 23rd. And I have with me Jonah Menegas from California and Mackay Colvin from Santa Fe. So how are you, Mackay? I'm good, Raven. How are you? I'm good. And how are you, Jonah? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Even though she just asked that. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Everyone's good. Okay. So, Jonah, why don't you tell me about the plot and the storyline of the new film Hugo? Well, the new film Hugo, it's about a 12 year old orphan who lives in the walls of a Paris train station running the clocks. His dad died when he was very young, and his grandfather had just left him in the train station. And so, He's trying to restore this automaton that him and his dad are working on because it's the only memory of his father that he has left. It seems kind of sad. I mean, he was just abandoned in a train station. Yeah, it's um, so, some of the movie is very kind of sad, but other parts of the movie are actually very happy and it's fun. So, Mikai, what do you think about this movie and your initial thoughts about the storyline in the film? The storyline, it's very... Um, if you have read the book, the book and the um the movie is very good. Um my friend um me and my friend saw it. We both liked it a lot. Uh, the animatronic 
I like the way they did the filming on that. I think they added like a little bit of special stuff into the movie, or maybe a little bit of animation into that to um to make the animatronic look real because it kind of seemed like that. But the motion it had like this blurry feel, and it had a lot of smoke because of the trains, and it was really cool. It, it was like watching an older time. It actually made you feel like you were there. Oh, that's awesome. So, Makai, did you read the book? I did not read the book, but a lot of my friends did, and they tell me a lot about it. So, did your friends think that the book and the movie worked well together, and there wasn't too much left out of the movie that was in the book? They all said it was really good. It, it fit it quite well. Oh, well, that's definitely important. When there is a movie adaptation from a book, it is absolutely key that the book and the movie are equally good. So, Jonah, what did you think about the cinematography and all of the special effects? Okay, I thought the cinematography was amazing. The shots they um, they looked at out of the clocks, um, and you saw the Eiffel Tower or the train station, and that was very cool. And the opening scene where you see Hugo's face behind the clock, that was, I, I thought that was really cool. And for special effects, I didn't really notice that there was that many special effects because they didn't need it, except for maybe the automaton. So, Mikai, what did you think about the soundtrack in this film? The soundtrack, it's, um, it has a very upgoing and then like downgoing feel in each scene. So it's very cool, and um, it's very French. And um, I hear a lot of, like, flute and um, maybe some, a lot of piano, too, in the music. And it was really cool the way they put those two instruments together. Oh, wow. I think that's really cool that you were able to depict those two different instruments in this movie and in the soundtrack. And that's also really cool that you got that French feel. And I think that's awesome that that sort of added a pizzazz to the film for you. So, Jonah, what did you think about the acting? I thought the acting was actually very good. The two main characters, Hugo, played by Asa Butterfield, and, um, and Isabel, played by Chloe um, Grace Mortez, I thought they were very good actors considering their age. They're no older than me, and I'm 14. Although the one problem I had with the movie, it was, wasn't was in Paris, and they had British slash English, act, English accents. It's the one thing that kind of got on my nose a little bit. Well, I think that's cool that you like the acting. I mean, Chloe Martez is one of my favorite child actors. I love all the movies she's in. Um, some of the movies that I really like that she's in aren't necessarily appropriate for kids first. But I think she's a fantastic actor, so an actress, I mean. And I think that's great that she did a good job in this film as well. Mikai, do you have a favorite scene or character in this movie? Um, my favorite character would probably have to be um, the policeman in Hugo. Because he's so strict and nothing can break his way until he finally lets go. And um, I like that character a lot. And Hugo, he was just so confident in himself. And um, every and mornings he go to the pastry shop. And um, in the fir- one of the first scenes, um, when Hugo's all by himself, he runs to the pastry shop. And um, he steals one of the pastries and grabs a glass of milk. And um, he's just so casual about things. And and then sometimes he sneaks by and he slides by and he just 
makes it buy through things. Well, I think that's awesome that you are able to like those two characters. And I also think that's cool that he's able to be so calm, even when he's doing bad things. I mean, it's definitely not okay what he's doing. But I think if I was abandoned in a train station my entire life, I would freak out. So that's good that he's able to be calm. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are reviewing Hugo, Secondhand Lions, and Spy Kids, All the Time in the World. So right now we have Mackay and Jonah on the call with us, and we are talking about Hugo. And Mackay just talked to me about what she thought her favorite characters were in this film. So, Jonah, do you have any favorite scene or characters in this movie? It's really hard to pick a scene out of the movie. I just like the movie as a whole. But I would have to say I like Hugo the most because he's mischievous. I think we all can relate to that personality of Hugo. So I think that's cool that he's your favorite character. So, Mikai, what do you think about the age group for this film? The age group for this film, well, in this film, there's a lot more... um, There's a lot more details, so you definitely have to pay a lot more attention than a littler film, like, let's say, Winnie the Pooh. Um, Because if you're littler than five, probably, I meant six, you probably get off um, base the topic, and you might look somewhere else, you're not watching, and, um, and then you look back at the other scene, and you don't know what's happening on so I think it depends on how mature your child is and um how long of a movie you can sit through and how detailed you can um go through I think that makes sense a lot of times younger kids have difficulties focusing or paying attention to storylines that have a bit more of a plot than just you know children's films that is easy to zone out on and understand because they're just cute and fun little cartoons so that does make sense that you would say it would be for a little bit older kids just because of the attention level how many stars do you think you would give this film on a scale of one to five i think i would give it about four stars because um the cinematography was amazing the soundtrack set up the scene and the acting was pretty good so four out of five stars that's awesome so, Mikai, how many stars do you think you would give this film? Well, Raven, I give this movie five out of five stars. The cinematography was pretty good, and um, the acting was also good as well. How Hugo um, managed, well, the boy who played Hugo managed to take over the, the part of Hugo very well as this boy who's abandoned and lives in the walls of a train station. Well, I'm so glad that you enjoyed this film, and that's awesome that you gave it five out of five stars, and that's even good that Jonah gives it four out of five stars, because that's a pretty good review. So, Jonah, how do you think the emotion was captured in this film? Well, I think the emotion was captured in the characters very well, because they're very young, and they some some parts in the movie they might have been able to relate to, and I think the actors got into the characters very well. That's awesome. So do you guys have anything else to add about this awesome new film? Yeah, you should definitely go see it and then get it on DVD when it comes out. Definitely. Okay, so Makai, I have another question for you, which is uh, what morals and messages do you think were portrayed from this film? I think the morals and messages that were portrayed from this film would probably have to be 
that no matter when you're alone, you can always think you're still a part of something. And I'm just going to say one of my favorite parts in this movie um, also was when Hugo's looking down at the Eiffel Tower through the clock. And um, he says that um, when you feel like you're not part of the world, you are. And um, he thinks of the world as one big machine and um, each person is part of it. So you're made to do something. I think those are some great messages. Well, it looks like we're out of time. Jonah and Mikai, thank you so much for telling me about this new film, Hugo. And I think all of our audience should definitely go see it because it got fantastic reviews from us anyway. Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice of America Kids. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Welcome back to Kids. 
Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Let's discuss the 4D Aromascope film, Spy Kids, all the time in, a wor- in the world, with Anthony Aranda from San Diego and Makai Colvin from Santa Fe, New Mexico. How are you today, Anthony? I am good, thank you. Yay! How are you, Makai? I'm good, too. Thank you. Okay, so why don't you guys tell me about this aromascope film? Makai, why don't you tell me about it first? You can just tell me about the plot, and then we'll get into the 40. Well, the plot was very convincing, and um, this movie is bait has all the normal Spy Kids things, but with new kids, if you have seen the three last Spy Kids movies. And um, now we have a new Spy Kids movie with new kids when they found up the surprising, unlikely surprise that they'd never think would happen, knowing that their stepmother was a spy. And when they get in trouble, they have to find themselves, they have to get themselves out of it. I see. Well, it sounds like a very fun film. Mikai, do you have anything to add about, anything else to add about the plot? Oh, yeah. And they have to get away from the evil master. So, Anthony, what did you think about this film? Well, I thought it was really good. Plus, like, the plot, they needed to get away from the timekeeper. And so that they can get... And they figure out their stepmother is a spy. So it's really an adventure movie, and I love all of it. It definitely seems like a great adventure. And I think it's cool because I grew up with the original Spy Kids. I remember being such a fan of that and watching it all the time with my grandma. That was something we did together, which was super fun. And now that the original Spy Kids are all grown. I think that's cool that the Spy Kids adventures are still continuing with a new generation. And that's something that you guys can become fans of now and become even more fans of with the new films. So I think that's awesome that you guys both enjoyed the films. So, Makai, why don't you tell me about the aromascope, the 4D aromascope? How does that work? You smell the smells that are coming. It's actually pretty simple, I guess. And so do you have, like, a card that you smell, or how does that work? Like a card that you smell. Oh, cool. Well, and another thing is the the aromascope isn't included in DVD, which is a bit of a drag, but it was in theaters. And I know I got, like, a lot of reviews. I know me and Makai were talking in um, Santa Fe when I went out there for a kid's first thing, she said that most of the aromascope smell, um, smells smelled kind of similar. So it didn't really pan out as well as they were probably hoping it would be. So Anthony, why don't you tell me about the animation and the cinematography in this film? Well, yes, like one like animation was like a flying motorcycle. Um, also like um, a vortex to go back in time. There's a lot of animation, but I have one thing I'd like to add to um like the 4D. Yeah. Is that like um when the number shows up on the screen, you rub it and then you can smell what it set what it actually smells like. Oh, I see. Well, it's time 
to stop talking about this film at the moment. Thank you, Anthony, for helping me and Makai tell our audience about this film. Sounds like an awesome conclusion and an addition to the Spy Kids series. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are reviewing Secondhand Lions and Spy Kids all the time in the world. So right now, we are going to talk about the film Secondhand Lions, which is an HGNet classic film, and it's playing on HGNet movies and kids scene right now. And me and Makai are going to talk a little bit about that. So Makai, tell me about this movie and what the storyline is about. Well, this movie's about a boy with his mother, and they live in Texas. And his mother's going off to school, and she's sending this boy named Walter to go live with his uncles named Gardeth and Hub. Um, and he, at first, doesn't think he'll like them very much. They're very country. Um, in the one of the first scenes, he's like, oh, can I go watch some TV? And they're like, we don't have a TV. And he's like, what about a cell phone? And... They don't have a cell phone either. And this kid's very surprised because he lives in the modern world, but he really learns to be with family and he learns around his uncles and learns that um, they actually are good to be around and they're actually a good childhood place to be with. Absolutely. I love this film so much. It is so it's hilarious. Like it's so funny and it's also really touching and entertaining and it has adventure and action and it's just great. And um, I remember having to review this film and I remember hearing about this movie when it came out in theaters when I was a bit younger and I remember telling my mom like, oh, I'm going to review Secondhand Lions. So I'm going to watch that movie. And my mom was like, oh my gosh, I love that movie. I love that movie. So she watched it with me. And I think it's great because this film is definitely for parents that would like to watch it, as well as children, because it's so entertaining. I think my favorite part about this film is the relationship between Walter and his uncles, because his uncles are crazy. They do such, like, deadly things, but they have so much fun with it, like flying planes upside down and jumping off cliffs, skydiving, and sword fighting in the desert, rescuing princesses. I mean, these men have crazy adventures that they tell Walter about. And I think Walter is a little bit shocked by them because they seem really heartless in the beginning of the film. And like, he's not going to get along with them at all. But their relationship grows and they end up raising him in the end of the film. And they have, you know, such great adventures together. And I think it's, you know, really fun. And it's very touching to watch them grow together. So, Makai, what did you think about the cinematography in this film? The simon, the si- sorry, the cinematography. <laughs> yes, that's, that's what okay. I mean. It was very, well, if, well, my mom, I bet she saw the first version of this. And um, as you can tell, now we're much more, um, we've grown from where we are when this movie came out. Uh a couple of years ago, and now the um, it's it's much more clear and not so blurry. So they cleaned all of that stuff up, and um, I like the way I like the way they um took shots on the lion, 
when he's first laying in the box and um they're ready to shoot the lion and then um it just sits there and um i like the angles and shots they took from that and how they um showed it from behind the box too how the lion was seeing it yeah i remember that scene i thought that scene was really fun and now that you mentioned the lion, I think the only thing, like the only thing that I don't like about this film is the fact that the name is Secondhand Lions. And I don't think that the lion was in this movie enough. I mean, she was in the movie to some extent, but it was mostly about the relationship between Walter and his uncles and not Walter and Jasmine the lion. And yeah. I also thought it was really cool when Jasmine was running through the cornfield and they would play the African music in the background. Like it was all, you know, like she was running through the safari, but she was just running through a cornfield. So I thought that was funny and very touching as well. Yeah, um, I agree with you with changing the name because you don't see the lion until a little bit later in the movie. And I think if you're going to name something, you need to be introduced to it. I think they could have um, named it like Garth and Hub or like Adventures with Walter or something like that. I agree with you on that. I think, you know, I like the name and I like the whole adding in the lion, but I do think that they could have added in Jasmine the Lion a bit more. So, yeah. Mikai, what age group do you think this movie is for? I think this movie is for all ages. And... Well, not actually all ages, now that I think of it, because they do do some inappropriate things at some parts, like violent. If you were to say, um, so at one part, um, he gets mad at a teenager and he starts strangling him. And yes, I don't I think, that. yeah, I don't think maybe they shouldn't have done that and should have just told it in the story instead of like had it so intense because it looks like the teenager was actually struggling and like he couldn't speak and i don't think that's a very good influence for anyone yeah i think so too but this film is amazing and i give it five out of five stars and it's perfect for you and your family so be sure to check it out on hdnet movies and kids scene so check your local listings for that well, it looks like we're out of time for the show today. Mikai, thank you so much for telling our audience about this awesome film. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. You can experience more Kids First fun, watch our film reviews, and learn how you can become a Kids First film critic by going to www.kidsfirst.org. Now hurry with the search because it is almost time for the voting to come to its height. I'm Raven Devaney signing out, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of see, we'll see you again next week.